you know, there's only so many times pastor's first time can happen as I'm mm-hmm. doing these explorations. And that being said, I'm not going to stop doing Hello Saints. There, there's so much to talk about. Um, the conversation, I'm going to keep the conversation going. But I have started to think about if this is so meaningful to so many people, what what could it look like uh, if applied differently, specifically the fighting criticism with curiosity? And I've kicked around ideas a few. Yeah, obviously looking at other faiths. Um, one that would be most natural to me would be Hello Catholics because I grew up in a highly Catholic area and I've got family, my wife has family that are devout Catholics. Um, but I don't know. The answer is maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also thinking about it. Are there ways that I can use this as sort of a case study to put together even online courses or something like that on how we can maneuver through difficult conversations with with kindness and charity, um, even when it gets difficult. So I, I've kicked around a few ideas on how sort of the secret sauce of, as I've been putting it, the emotionally healthy and careful um, approach of fighting criticism with curiosity can can be applied differently. It is time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. This episode, a long time coming, uh, about a year. I don't know how long ago it was. My buddy over at uh, Leading Saints, Kurt Frankum, he said, you know who you need to talk to. And I said, Kurt, don't boss me. I do my own thing. And he said, I talked to this guy named Jeff. He does this thing. It's called Hello Saints. And I'll be honest with you. Whenever Kurt tells me something, I I sort of go, "Eh, that's all right, Kurt. I'll do something else. Uh, Then I had the opportunity to go through the St. George Temple renovation and, uh, you know, walk through before we rededicated the whole thing with Pastor Jeff. And, well, I I have decided uh, I did Kurt wrong. I did all of this audience are wrong by not uh, over a year ago visiting with Pastor Jeff. So we finally made it happen. Welcome into the Cultural Hall, Jeff. Hey, I love to uh, to to meet Kurt's friends because um, he's got good friends and and you're one of them. So I'm, I'm glad that we're connecting. Well, I uh, my immediate response was don't call me his friend, but he is actually my friend. We talk <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, he does an amazing job with uh, leading saints. He does a mediocre job with this week, this week in Mormons. So I appreciate the heck out of him and what. <laughs> Sounds he like did. there's a history there. Uh well, I mean, listen, if you rally people against a common enemy, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, there's power there. Uh, you'll forgive me that I'm a minute or too late. Um, one of the things that sticks in my mind about Pastor Jeff, and if you don't know Hello Saints, I'm going to have him sort of tell people what that's all about. But first, you know that he's an attractive gentleman, and I sort of looked at myself. Uh, in the mirror about 10 minutes ago. And I said, this won't do. There will be <laughs> video of this. And, and uh, you know, I have to at least, at least sort of up the bar a little bit if we're going to spend some time together. So I apologize about my moment's tardiness. It didn't do me much good, but you should have seen me before. <laughs> so this is, this is raised bar, Richie, yeah. right now. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was um, sweaty gym pants and a Mm. shirt that I'm not sure how old it is, but I should have let let go of it a long time ago. But I just can't. Well, we're at that age where that happens more and more. So you have grace from me. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate your grace. Something that uh, uh, other folks from different churches do a lot better than us. Tell people what Hello Saints is all about. Yeah, so Hello Saints is a YouTube channel that I started. Um, I mean, technically, I started rolling production on it two years ago, but it, it launched in March of last year. So it's been a little over a year and a half. And the um, overall idea here is um, I'm a pastor from the Midwest, and I don't have 
much interaction in all of my years of life with Latter-day Saints. Took a trip out to Utah a few years ago and was sort of, um, I sometimes will use the word exposed to the Latter-day Saint culture, mm-hmm. but I would say I was introduced to Latter-day Saint culture in ways that felt like, in a sense, it was like I was being exposed to a cross-cultural experience that I was just so unaware of. And the more I looked into it just on my own and saw the complexities and the layers of interest that existed from a doctrinal standpoint, a historic standpoint, a cultural standpoint, um, things that were just mind-blowingly similar to me and other things that were mind-blowingly foreign to me, Mm -hmm. um, I just started to uh, investigate, well, what is is the relationship like between my tribe and Latter-day Saints just in general? So naturally, where do we go when we're investigating anything? Mm -hmm. YouTube. And as I went there, I just noticed like this, there's not a lot of good quality, healthy dialogue taking place here. I mean, there's a little bit here and there, but generally speaking, it's an us v them. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was like, man, I, I would love to have more conversations and learn more. And it, it seems like people in my tribe aren't really taking charitable steps in that direction. And I'm also getting the impression that all content creation aside, that just your everyday Latter-day Saint is probably not going to knock on the door of a church to sit down and have a conversation with a pastor. So I was like, well, why don't I just go to them? I'll just be a pastor and start creating content, chronicling my exploration and to do so with a disarming relational um, approach. The way I've been putting it lately is like um, be emotionally healthy about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the way I've been doing that is, is by uh, my mantra is fighting criticism with curiosity. So I'm not going to go in with the, you know, the clip loaded with all the ways that I'm right and you're wrong. Sure. I'm going to ask questions. I want to learn. I want to be informed about who you are and what you're about. And it's just been a very rewarding endeavor. So when you talk about your tribe, everybody wants to know he's a pastor. Is it, is it a whatever goes kind of thing? Is it evangelical? Or are we talking, you know, Put yeah, good question. Context for us. Yeah, because there's a lot of complexities there. But I, I was coming just from a Protestant evangelical viewpoint. I mean, I I am pretty passionate, and I was. Um, I've just recently moved out to Utah, but when I was back in the St. Louis area, I was pretty passionate about a vision to bring the churches together. Um, not necessarily because we exist divided per se, because mm-hmm. one thing that we'll talk about a lot. Uh, in the Protestant evangelical world is regardless of our denominations, we are all part of the church, capital C, the body mm-hmm. of Christ. Sure. And um, we can passionately disagree on certain issues, but when it comes to core fundamental doctrines, we agree on them. And there's beauty in distinction. There's beauty in diversity. And um, so that's when I'm talking about my tribe, I'm talking about the the broader Protestant evangelical community. Yeah, I I like that. Something that you said uh, sort of makes me think because as I've sort of, you know, experienced and had the opportunity to talk to people, I think that a lot of times there is that conversation. It's like, you believe in Christ? Perfect. You're part of the big C church. And then we Mormons are like, and we want to play too. And you guys are like, nope, we appreciate (laughs) it. But that that's like a different Jesus than we think. And so I know you're trying to claim it is. And, you know, maybe we will on these things and we'll sign the same document as you hear but but do uh, Mormons, Latter-day Saints, do we apply when the Protestants, evangelicals look at the big C church, do you think? Um, I don't know if I'm the authority there. I think sure. what, the best we can do is observe 
um, how things have been and where things are. Um, there, there's sort of two, two angles. Well, there's a few angles, but the two main angles I would look at that from would be, first of all, um, let's, let's not forget. And this is something that I've been more comfortable just acknowledging, um, that when the church was established back in the 1830s, it was established on the basis from the church leaders and, you know, Joseph Smith himself that said, all other Christian creeds are an abomination and we are not just another church. We are the restored church. So mm-hmm. um, from the offset, there was a desire to be seen as, as different mm-hmm. as distinct mm-hmm. as the one true church. Um, so I think if we acknowledge that, and then the, the other angle we look at this from is we know that there's been a pretty hostile relationship ever since. And I think over the past man, century to half since century, mm-hmm. it, the Latter-day Saints have kind of fallen out of even the consciousness of Protestant evangelical church, where there was a lot of heat in the Midwest during the second great awakening and beyond. Um, we don't, in the Midwest, we, we really, honestly, 99% of Protestant evangelicals don't know the difference between a Latter-day Saint and a Jehovah's witness. It's like, mm. it's that far out of sight, out of mind. Um, so I think where we, we have to, we have to forge a new path and a new conversation when we're asking these questions, sure. which is, I don't know, it's quite as simple as me to say, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> there are nuances. There's a history. There is um, important doctrinal considerations that have to be balanced to responsibly kind of talk through that rather than just put an answer on the table there. Now, I know that that's a slightly political answer sure, and sure. I'm willing to drill into any of those angles as you'd like, but well, that's... Well, I think it's an interesting thing because I think as uh, members of the church, we always want to be like, yeah, we can play too. And then to uh, walk out a little bit of your conversation, it's like, yes, but you called our faith an abomination. And we're like, yeah, yeah. But we still <laughs> want to you know, like, we can we be, can we play too? Well, and the reality is those creeds that were called an abomination we have not swayed from them one iota. Like we are 100% as adherent to those creeds now as we were then. So if they were an abomination in 1820, then they're still an abomination now. So that's a little bit confusing to us, which is why it, one of the contributing factors to the broader Christian community kind of pushing away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I would wonder though, um, so you start out to do this thing and you're like, listen, I want to be a bridge builder. I want to learn more. I'm curious. I don't want to be critical. Uh, and so you are like, I'm going to step into this. But as any content creator knows, it isn't just like, I'm going to create content and it's going to blow up overnight and then we're going to do this. So I would love to know kind of that journey from who in the world is Pastor Jeff to, oh, of course, did you see the latest thing? He's going to this thing. <laughs> Dude, your your guess is, is as good as mine. I, I, I planned on releasing videos chronicling this endeavor as a passion side project mm-hmm. as a pastor in the Midwest. And, um, it took on a life of its own and it became something. And, and here's, here's the reason why I've been in like deep kind of inventory mode now, you know, as we're kind of turning the page on a new year and I'm, I'm thinking about what's ahead now that we're in Utah. Um, to me, I, I'm, I think the reason why it has resonated with so many Latter-day Saints is because I am genuinely desiring to connect. So I mm-hmm. think that authenticity is refreshing as opposed to being like uh, agenda driven to be like, Hey, I'm here and I'm going to take down your church and 
convince you to join mine. And since mm-hmm. I'm not doing that, I think just an authentic curiosity is a, a nice change of pace. But also, um, I kind of stumbled into, I think, what Latter-day Saints have across the board desired for a long time. And that is for someone just to like, will you please just take me seriously and hear me out? Mm. You don't have to agree, but rather than rolling your eyes and, you know, just patronizing me at every point in a conversation, like treat me with the dignity and respect to let me let you know what I am so passionate about and how deep it goes in my, um, my existential considerations, my generational um, heritage with my family, like, don't just discard that. And since I'm desiring to honor that, I think Latter-day Saints appreciate that. And if those are the reasons why the channel has taken off, Mm -hmm. I feel so happy and fulfilled in an endeavor like that, because this is all about dignity and respect, even if we disagree. So when you look back at kind of the the beginning of it, you're like, this is going to be a side project. I had no idea it was going to be this. Certainly you didn't think that you were going to end up moving to Utah, which I'm sure we'll get into later on. Yeah. Uh, but tell me, tell me. Um, so when I started the culture hall, this is 12 plus years ago, I was like, I want a way that I can interview famous Mormon people. And then I got like five episodes in and I'm like, I'm going to need something else to be able to continue to motivate me. And then I realized that it was much bigger, that I was able to, you know, share points of view and be able to talk to all different folks and be able to bring that. What was it uh, or has it changed from what you originally thought it would be to what it is today? Great question. Yeah, I I thought that perhaps... Um, there would be a, a little bit of a, a a larger presence of evangelical Protestants who are interested in learning alongside with me. Mm. But I think what I'm finding, and it's what I referred to a minute ago, Latter-day Saints in large part, other than outside of maybe the Intermountain area, um, they're just so out of sight, out of mind. People just, they're not thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of my moving forward is is hoping to like bring more people to use the term we're using in this call from my tribe into the conversation, I think would be great, but no, I, the fact that it has primarily ended up being 98% um, practicing Latter-day Saints, Mm -hmm. or I I should at least say um, those who have been in the church for a while, then I, that that was not what I was expecting. So so you uh, start out and is the thought like, hey, I'm going to go to church and then I'm going to start to read or like, give me the idea of where the bridge building was going to start, right? I'm going to church, so, come with me or where where was the first steps? Yeah, so I'm synthesizing two of my greatest passions. One, uh, we'll just look at it for my degrees, my undergrad, audio, video production, creative, you know, that, that I'm synthesizing that with my deep passion when it comes to faith and ministry. And um, when I put those two things together, what I did was I said, well, I'm going to apply my pastoral um, endeavor, heart, uh, passions, whatever, to, well, how do people do things on YouTube? Well, two mm-hmm. of the main types of video content on YouTube is React. And mm-hmm. this is going back a couple of years, things have sure. evolved since, but React videos and vlogs. So that's what I decided to do. I'm, as a pastor, going to watch um, content online that is put out by the church and react to it. Um, And I'm going to make vlogs going to Latter-day Saint historic sites um, or, you know, Utah, stuff like that, and just vlog my 
my experiences um, that turned into me um, reading through the Book of Mormon, which is <laughs> one of the videos I'm doing, a series that I'm doing now, and also bringing Latter-day Saints onto the channel. So my my reacts are... I'm still doing some of those, mm -hmm. but it's being supplemented a little bit more by bringing Latter-day Saints onto the channel and actually having a two-way dialogue. So when you look back on it and you go, you know, the time it went from, oh, this might be a fun passion thing to, okay, this is a beast all of its own. What was that moment or moments? Probably when I released my general conference video, I went to general conference for the first time about six months after I launched the channel and, um, and it blew up. And I think the reason it blew up is because obviously that's a strong value proposition. Oh, a pastor went to general conference. Mm -hmm. There's probably even a reluctant click from a lot of Latter-day Saints. Like, here we go. I'm about to get beat up again. Yeah. And when instead they saw me confronting a street preacher, they were like, oh, this guy's doing things differently. And I think yeah. that that's a pretty strong message, um, not only to the broader prospective audience, but it also affirmed something in me like, yeah, the heart of what I've endeavored in is meaningful. Like my willingness to face down a street preacher who I feel like is being disrespectful um, in this moment, I think sent a pretty strong message. Yeah. Yeah. I want to take a quick break. When we come back in the second block, I want to talk about uh, your wife and your family's reaction to, hey, this silly little project. And now you've ended up in Utah. We'll come back and do that in the second block of the cultural hall. I had an email from someone who listens to the cultural hall. I believe it was a, not a lifer, but a convert who said, Hey, Richie, are you still teaching the podcast classes? And the answer is yes. In fact, I have even fine tuned it more than I ever had before. So you might be asking, well, Richie, how do I get on on that? Well, you can always email contact at the cultural or you can find me on social media, wherever I'm at Richie T. Stedman and reach out and say, Hey, I listen to the cultural hall. I would love to learn more about podcasting or your podcasting services, a class, a cohort. There's a group of people. I've even taught uh, the ward historian about podcasting, what it is and how it might be a great benefit to people. If that's something that you're interested in, whether it's for your business or just for your private hobby, maybe something you see your future in, would love to be able to help you along the way. You can find me again anywhere on social media, Richie T. Stedman, or you can uh, just contact us, contact at theculturalhall.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Let us podcast together. To be clear, this is still a show. Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. Our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop computer and they start at only $29 a month. Check us out at PCLaptops.com. Here in the second block of the Cultural Hall, you love this episode. Send us an email, contact at theculturalhall.com and be like, man, what took you so long? Pastor Jeff is awesome. Or what? You're letting Jeff into the cultural hall? How dare you? Or if you've got another great suggestion, maybe we've been blind to something, it is contact at theculturalhall.com. And if you really like this episode, share it with a friend or leave a review. It helps other people know how awesome not only Pastor Jeff is, but how awesome the cultural hall is. So uh, you're doing this little pa passion project, right? It's a little side thing. Babe, I'm thinking about, you know, synthesizing my this and my this. And now we're moving to Utah. So I want to know... Uh, like wife's reaction at the beginning, maybe you're starting to spend a lot of time with this. Is there any, any sort of like, uh, <laughs> like scared or like, what are we doing here? Sort of thing. Yeah. Oh man. There's so many ways I could answer that question. I'll, I'll do my best to summarize it, but I mean, 
where there's a whole other story a lot of people don't know about. It's, it's I've I've been moving everything so far in one direction of like I'm Pastor Jeff exploring your world. Um, there's a lot of my backstory that people don't know about. But we reach, we've just kind of reached a point where we're like, we just feel like the Lord is calling us to do something um, that is outside of the norm of what is expected of a pastor or what, what is considered like ministry or doing the Lord's work. And so I had already been wanting to, and the, you know, the pandemic helped with this stuff. We all stopped our stride and took an inventory of life and decided, hey, I think I'm going to do things differently. And I, I was no exception to that. So all of that kind of played into what eventually led to the idea for Hello Saints. But funny enough, it was two years ago, almost to the day. And I only know that because I know it was around my daughter's birthday, which is November 19th, that I was going to launch Hello Saints. Mm-hmm. I had recorded like four or five videos and I was like ready to go. And my wife was like, no. I'm like, uh, what? She's <laughs> like, I'm not ready for you to do that. And this is back when we're still in St. Louis. I'm like, sure. why not? She said, um, first of all, it's a crazy time of year. We're about to be in the holidays. We got birthdays. Like, I just don't know if it's a good time. Sure. Second of all, she goes, this is going to be bigger than you expect. So I, I need you to hold off. And I honestly was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like I've done YouTube before. This is going to get between two and 400 views at most. All right. Yeah. She's like, no, I don't think you realize. Like I, I, I could see this being pretty consuming and pretty big. But I, I listened to her and held off. Smart. Um, smart. smart. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, November, December, Jennifer, March. So I held off for four months and I instead launched it in March, the next March. And um, my wife is super direct and wise because she's from New York. Um, but she was also super gracious. So she's she's not done an end zone dancer. And I told you so. I mm-hmm. If anything, I've been just super grateful that the Lord... Um, has used us as a team, even in a situation like that, where I was wanting to move forward with something and she's not necessarily involved. I mean, she's recently started to be in some videos, but this was Jeff's thing, Mm -hmm. but there was something about even that syncing up then that has sort of set the stage for larger life decisions. Like once the channel starts taking off, I'm actually already, even prior to Hello Saints, connecting with a lot of pastors in Utah. We like going out there. We like to hike it's going to be so much easier to do the channel if I was in Utah, not in St. Louis. So let's move. Um, the, the way the Lord orchestrated that whole thing, you know, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't resistance because there was, I, I'd be lying if I said there weren't moments where we weren't syncing up because there were a lot of moments where we weren't, but the closer we got to the decision, the more the Lord was like, he just, he brought us directly together. And now that we're out here, um, you know, it comes with its, uh, I, I lately I've been talking about living life in the and, um, it's, we always live life in the, but, but we need to live <laughs> life in the and, you know, where I say, oh yeah, things are good, but well, it doesn't always have to be about sometimes it's an and, and that's where we're living right now. Like we are, we're grieving what we've left in St. Louis because that was our life and our community. And we love being out here and we're really <laughs> excited. So <laughs> both of those things kind of coexist in our reality at this point. I want to know if you can speak honestly to this. How much of the popularity of your channel do you think it is as all of us later Latter-day Saints going, when is he going to convert? He's going to, there's going to be a thing that he's going to do. And we all want to sort of be in the journey and he's curious. And, and now the Lord has brought him to Utah. How much of the success of this channel do you think is due to sort of our mission work or our 
curiosity and watching, you know, your your faith uh, and uh, testimony, knowledge of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints evolve and grow. And Yeah, I'm sure that that's a pretty significant factor. Um, and it's pretty clear in the comments. I don't know if it's necessarily the prevailing um, source of interest, sure. but as I've talked about before, and you just referenced, we are both proselytizing faith groups. And every time we walk out of church on Sunday, at least in the evangelical world, it is on top of mind. Who can I share the gospel with this week? How can I testify of Christ to the people within my sphere of influence? Um, So knowing that that is part of the culture and just the the zeitgeist of Latter-day Saints, um, I'm not naive enough to think that like, it's probably not that big of a factor because I know that it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I was even I had a conversation with someone last night on a it was like a webinar, Latter-day Saint. And we, we talked about this quite a bit um, and I was processing with him how important it is to see the value in this conversation beyond the fingers being crossed that we're going to convert one another. Sure. There's more conversation to be had. Sure. Sure. So, so then I guess the other question that I have, and this may be a, a fairly deep question, uh, or maybe you've been asked it a bajillion times and, and whatever, but do do not do you think you could ever be converted? I think you you know you're a, a believing person to know. Listen, Christ can do all things, whatever, whatever. But but the premise of so much of what you are doing now is that you are the fish out of water doing this thing. Do you believe uh, that you would have the the like emotional integrity or honesty to be able to leave behind because it's a different thing at the point that you go, yeah, now I'm a Latter-day Saint talking about Latter-day Saint, but I used to be a pastor. Do you think that you could, and I'm not saying that you will, and I'm not putting that on you as an individual, I'll give you, so, so I'll give you as kind of a thing that I did for a long time. uh, uh, My brand, my thing was that I was a single Latter-day Saint. I was older and, and it is embarrassing for me to think about now but one of the hardest considerations for me before I got married was not, do I love this person? Was not, you know, do I want to spend the rest of my life with this, this person? Was not any of those things. It was, do I want to let go of the fact that I am the single LDS person who A, B, C, D, E, F, G? Do you think that you could you could do that if, in fact, you had some sort of converting moment? Um, there is a lot there. Um I, I will say the premise of the question um, needs to be assessed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For a couple reasons. The first one being this: um, there's a lot of individuals who will leverage uh, accusations or questions against me, like, "Oh, well, he couldn't. He couldn't convert because this is how he makes his living." Sure. Right. Um, well, problem solved. I stepped back from my congregational role last year. It's not how I make my living. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's when it comes to the the idea that like, well, you're a pastor you, and then you wouldn't be able to be a pastor anymore. Uh, you're not willing to make, are you willing to make big life changes for the sake of something that you strongly feel convicted about? Mm-hmm. I lived in St. Louis for over 40 years. It's mm-hmm. where my family is, where my friends are. I'm willing to make big life changes that that will significantly impact the trajectory of not only my life, but my wife's life and my kids' mm-hmm. life. So I'm, I'm not looking to lean back into my comfort zone. So I think both of those things need to be acknowledged as how I'm wired 
Yeah. Um, and it's important to put out there from the larger question of, could I ever see myself converting? And, um, I'm, I'm hoping that there's, there's, uh, a, uh, a willingness to take this for what it is because it's not my desire to somehow take jabs at the Latter-day Saint church or beliefs or anything like that. It's just my honesty. Mm -hmm. Um, in my pursuit so far, I've dove, I've, I've, I've dove in, I've dived head have in. Have delved? Delved. There have it is, delved. Man. Yeah. Okay, no, you're good. good. That's why we need you, Richie. Um, into it head first, and I've been immersed in it, and I've been learning everything I can from people in relationship, general conference talks, Book of Mormon. Um, and the reality is, you know, like even when I, as I'm reading through the Book of Mormon, people are like, but, but isn't it like, don't you want that to be true? Like, doesn't that seem true? And I just have to be honest and say it, it is not convincing me. I'm just not convinced. Yeah. And it's not because I'm not reading sincerely. Again, I mean, that's that's another thing people bring. Well, but if you read it sincerely with, with true intent, yeah, it's like, guys, I have devoted, like, I have immersed myself in this. I've stepped away from everything I've known to immerse. Myself. There's there's plenty of sincerity here. Um, personally, I'm for various reasons, various factors, I'm I'm just not convinced. Yeah. And this is the last thing I'll say to answer that question. Again, there's a lot of complexities here. Sure. I, 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 I love to be able to communicate to you and would like for it to be acknowledged. I have a passionate relationship with Jesus. Like he has changed my life. And I'm not, I'm not kind of like stumbling through life, trying to find, you know, investigating. In, two, in 1994, God came into my life. The lights went on. I was transformed and everything changed for me. I was born again by the spirit of God and it changed everything about my life. And since that point, I live in deep, intimate relationship with God Almighty. And it is rippled into every aspect of my existence in the here and now and in the eternal. And I live with a hope that is so hard to contain. I have devoted my life to telling people the beauty of the hope that's found in Christ. And I'm not in want. There, there's nothing that I have learned so far that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints teaches or offers that can add anything to that. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't augment. It doesn't offer anything more than what I already feel like I have. Um, so those are all reasons is, that are factoring in right now as to why I would say super long answer. No, yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think I would convert. Uh, take me to the moment in 94 when Christ came into your life and it was changed. That seems like that's, that's something we should, if at the point that yeah. you're comfortable or willing to talk about, I would love to know about what, what that was like before. And then in that moment, and then immediately after. I'm a church kid. I'm, I'm 14 years old. I've grown up in the church. My parents are passionate followers of Jesus, but um, refuse to just allow us to think that church was all about religion. Um, we, my parents, my dad, especially very much instilled in us. Jesus came to defy religion. Hmm. Um, that was his ministry. All of these people who felt that they religiously had it worked out and checked all the boxes and they were completely missing the heart of God. Um, my dad and my mom modeled for me a relationship with Jesus and I observed it, but it wasn't my own. Hmm. I'd go to church. I would go to Sunday school. I would agree um, but it was still religion for me. Um, and then it was on a Sunday evening. We had a pastor. Uh, he wasn't a pastor of the church I was at. He was actually a traveling kind of guy who was speaking on a Sunday night. I was standing in the balcony with a bunch of other middle schoolers and almost audibly, it wasn't audible, but almost audibly in my spirit, the Lord, 
I don't know what was said or what was going on was like, Hey, all of this is about relationship. It's not about religion. Hmm. And as soon as that light went on, it was, it was a metaphysical transformation. I felt like I came alive and I was like, Oh my goodness, my creator loves me. He wants relationship with me. He doesn't want my religion. He wants my heart. He, he doesn't want me to try harder to please him. He wants me to surrender everything I have to him and see how much he can fulfill my deepest longings. That is, that is the essence of any relationship. Um, and it, with God almighty, who's my loving savior, like it, it transformed everything. And from there, and it hasn't ceased. I mean, I was at school that week being like, Hey, I need to tell you about Jesus. Like where, <laughs> where you, you go to church anywhere? You, mentioned, you know, Catholic kids in a mining town in Illinois, where are you going to church on Sunday? You're going to come with me. I'm telling people about Jesus. I'm starting Bible studies at my school. I'm getting involved in youth group at church. Wow. And, um, I was transformed. I was born again. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I got to know this uh, because uh, Mormons, we pride ourselves on being a peculiar people. I'm yeah. sure that with you being in the spotlight um, that there are, I mean, just from being in a public sphere with you at the uh, St. George Temple when we did that walkthrough, that people kind of go, oh, is that, I think, I'm pretty sure, which means people have got to feel super comfortable to go up to you and to say things. Yeah. I don't know, uh, and I don't need names. Please don't give names. But I would love to know, like, the most awkward Hey, Jeff, I just wanted to tell you about, or did you know, or most awkward interaction that you've had with a member That's of the Church of Jesus question. Christ of Latter-day Saints? It's a great question. Now, here's the deal. Online, there's a contingent of people that really don't like me, and that's fine. I don't expect everybody to like me. Um, and I get plenty of uh, shade thrown at me online, right? Mm -hmm. Put it that way. When it comes to anybody that I've interacted with, like, run into past it, you know, Smith's or gas station, whatever. I haven't had a single individual um, have a negative encounter with me. Interesting. Not even, no, not even like awkward, like, you know what you need to do, Jeff, none of that kind of stuff. No, I, no. Again, I could point to plenty online, but in <laughs> person, most people have been super um, gracious and loving and appreciative. And here's, here's when I know like, ah, yes, they get it. They're like, Hey, even though you disagree with us, thank you for just respecting us and giving mm -hmm. us a space to talk. Mm -hmm. Like, I love it when they're willing to acknowledge, yeah, I, I know we don't agree, but that's okay. Let's still talk. That That is everything to me. So I have to know, you're talking about uh, being a pastor when you lived uh, out in the Midwest, and now you don't pastor a church currently. You're not... I'm not in a congregational role. I'm still, uh, I mean, I'm a licensed minister. I'm an ordained okay. minister, and I am working... Um, the best way for me to put this that would make sense, I think, in a Latter-day Saint context is I'm pastoring or working more at the stake level okay. as opposed to in the local level right now. Now, okay. that being said, I'm still involved in the local church. I'm preaching across the valley. I'm preaching back this Sunday at a church um, in Draper. And yeah, so I'm still very much doing pastoral work. It's just not in the, the traditional, you know, congregational role at the moment. I guess my question is more, you know, those people become your family. These are people that you've known for a long time that you've been able to help through marital problems or job loss and all of those things. And similar, I guess, to how we would say like a bishop in the Latter-day Saint Church, they're called for a time. It's their, you know, anytime that it's not their professional thing, it is what they're doing, but it is your professional thing. So it's what you're doing sort of all the time. And then you sort of leave that family. You mentioned the grieving as you came here. Like how, um, how, how do you grieve that particular loss. I think there's value for that for anyone that might have a particular calling 
Um, but how yeah. have you how have you grieved that loss and and what does it look like? Man, I love that question. I love that question because so often we see grief as something that we need to like we need to tamp down. We need to move away from it. And grief needs to be experienced. It needs to be felt. Grief is healthy. Um, this is why Jesus grieved at the tomb of Lazarus. Like he knew that he was about to raise him from the dead. But I think there's something profound about even the the writer of scripture to to record the fact that he wept and he grieved in that moment. Um, when we don't grieve, we hold in our honesty about this existence in our life. And, and as a result, this, this need to just be happier to like, it's not that bad or explain it away becomes an, in, it becomes uh, inauthentic. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, you know, there were, a, there were some months where I had to, first of all, grieve uh, an identity crisis, you know, as pastor Jeff, the guy that was like involved in so many people's lives and on a day-to-day basis was just in that, that position in that role. Um, and God, just quite graciously was like, yeah, you need to go through an identity crisis. (laughs) You know, that crisis is where I step in Mm -hmm. and do transforming work. Um, The grief of us leaving friends and family is looking to the Lord and him saying, yeah, it hurts. It's painful because relationships are good. I've created you for relationships. So when they leave, it's bad. So let's be honest, like this hurts. And here's, here's how we grieve. Here's how I grieve it. I believe that we serve a God that at his very essence hovers over the surface of the deep that is formless and void. And in that chaos and in that formlessness says, let there be. Mm. And he can't say, let there be if it's already occupied with something. So in these moments of loss and um, pain, the, the formless chaotic void that exists needs to be experienced in order to provide the space for him to do what he has done since the beginning and to say, let there be. And that's, that's kind of the space that we're living in right now. Hmm. Uh, I want to take another quick break. Uh, when we come back, there's a couple questions we ask everyone who steps in the cultural hall. I'll ask you that. Plus I want to know a little bit uh, about the future of Hello Saints. Certainly what's coming up for you. We'll come back and do that in the third block of the cultural hall. <laughs> Best DJ in Utah.com. You're right. It's a new ad. What? Well, it's been an entire season since I've recorded a best DJ in Utah.com ad. And well, the wedding season coming to an end at this point, but not really because what happens now is everyone who's going to get married in 2024 reaches out and says, Richie, is it possible? Do you still have this date? And I tell them, yes, hopefully. And then we get you booked. We'd love to be able to work with you. Uh, travel all along the Intermountain West. Some people call it the Jello Belt. Uh, you can go to bestdjinutah.com to request a quote. You can find us on any of the social medias at Best DJ in Utah. And uh, we can answer any questions. Affordable? Yes. Over 400 five-star reviews? Yes. Highest rated in the state of Utah? Uh-huh. Go on. It's Best DJ in Utah.com. And I'll give you a little hint. It also helps me to be able to do this, like financially support the cultural hall through that. And you get something in return. 
Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, remember, you can become a Patreon saint of the Cultural Hall. You go to patreon.com forward slash the Cultural Hall. It is where you get to be a part of the secret but not sacred Facebook group where all of the folks are hanging out. Uh, we'd love to have you be there. It's as little as $5 a month to be a Patreon saint. Uh, almost 100 strong there. Don't forget you can become a part of the Cultural Hall back row. That's if you're cheap. That's uh, over 300 people that don't pay money. But we have great conversations there as well. Patreon.com forward slash the Cultural Hall. You're laughing a little bit, which lets me know, Jeff, that you know the culture behind the secret but not sacred. And obviously the patron saints. Heck yeah. Patreon saints. It. I, I don't know where we come up with it, but I just feel blessed that God allows us to make those jokes. It's all perfect. Yes. You got to You got to laugh sometimes. Thank you. So uh, family moves here with you. You've got kids uh, and you live in a suburb. I'm not going to tell everybody where that is of Salt Lake. How old are your kids? My kids um, are, let's see here. One turns 15 on Sunday. So 15, okay. 13, 10 and six. Okay. So uprooting their life quite a bit as far as that goes. I have to know uh, Utah has this sort of notorious thing for those people are not members of the church. You can't play with them or play with them so that you can invite them to your church things. How has that reception been for your family? Great question. Um, that was part of our decision. Like when we moved out here, we we decided to um, to aim toward a place that was a little bit more diverse than, you know, Utah at large. So um, since we're in Salt Lake County and it's pretty diverse and we don't um, we have yet to experience that. In fact, if anything, we've had a lot of Latter-day Saints be super gracious and inviting. Um, we haven't had any negative interactions with Latter-day Saints yet. And our kids are in public school and they say it's pretty diverse there. So we haven't we haven't really run into any of that, though. I know that people, friends of mine that have moved into, you know, like Utah County, other places like that, they they run up against that a little bit more. So. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So then I also want to know, uh, you know, you're, you're visiting places like we went to the St. George temple together, which was great. It was fun to be able to be there with you and kind of be like, well, what do you think about this? And you're like, eh. you know, we kind of banter back and forth, had a good time. Um, what is still, uh, on the like hello saints bucket list, the places that you either have to go or like, I mean, obviously you would know some things would be like, you'd love to see a temple ceiling. Sorry, pal. You got to pay 10% if you want to get into that. And there's some other things we got to do, right? But are there, what beyond maybe some of those, you know, um, covenant or ordinance things, are you hoping to witness, be a part of, go and see that you have not yet? Yeah, I mean, there's just so many layers of the culture. Um, and I think that, you know, a, a, a few things that I'm really excited about when it, uh, coming up for Hello Saints it has more to do with the people involved than the things that I'm doing. I mean, obviously, I've never been to what you guys, I guess, refer to as Fast and Testament 
fasting testimony. You know, I've been to sacrament meeting, but sure. I've never been to that. Um, so I'd like to experience that or even just going to church in Utah in general. The only time I've been in a Latter-day Saint church was in a suburb of St. Louis. So I, I'd like to just get a feel for how it's different in this culture out here. Um, but, you know, there's a few things. One, uh, my wife, I'm going to be bringing her in, in into the channel. She's going to be more involved just because there's been such a male dominating view mm. um, offered on the channel. And there are, you know, as many females <laughs> in the church that probably would desire to hear a, a female perspective of things. So um, she's going to be involved in some more videos. Maybe even we've kicked around ideas of like, there might be even videos where I'm not even in them. It's just mm -hmm. my wife mm -hmm. It's coming from that female perspective. I just think that's an important uh, voice to bring into the conversation. And then uh, one video I am excited about that we've been planning for months, our friend, Kurt Frankham at the leading saints podcast. You should go check it out. He's a great guy. Yeah. But this uh, week in Mormons, man. <laughs> so he uh, took me to the, my very first temple open house in uh, Saratoga Springs and we're going to be shooting a video at the beginning of 2024 of him coming to church with me. Ah. So we're going to, we're going to do a little role reversal here. And I'm probably going to take him to three different Protestant churches that have different styles of worship and, mm. and have um, sort of that, that reverse experience and, and process some of that together. Interesting. Okay. I look forward to that. A uh, couple things. When you go uh, to your first fast and testimony meeting, um, and, or, and I don't know why you wouldn't combine it to your first time going to church in, uh, Utah. Yeah. Uh, I want to go be alongside you. I won't distract Let's you. I won't it. talk to you during the meeting, but I genuinely mean it when I say, Hey, I'm going this ward this time. And I, and I will, I would love to be a part of that. Yes. The answer is yes. I would love that. I, uh, I need, a you need what? I need a wingman. Yeah, of course. Uh, and and the second thing is, is you should also know and probably do, um, some folks call that open mic Sunday when we do the fast and testimony <laughs> meeting. Just know uh, that it can, it literally, depending on where you go and what you hear, like it can be anything. And that is both the beauty and the distracting nature of fast and testimony meeting. This is one of those those areas where, believe it or not, I 100% can relate because I grew up in a very charismatic Pentecostal church. Mm -hmm. And not only did we have our own, what we would call testimony times where people could give their testimonies, open mic and things would get super weird sometimes. But um, I also grew up in a church where there was a strong belief that the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit were active. So I guarantee when it comes in all relative here, I'm not trying to speak uh, disrespectfully, but where Latter-day Saints are kind of like, eh, hopefully it's not weird when you go that Sunday. I could outweird you all day long when it comes to some of the stuff I experienced growing up. So we, we, you're good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, well, and look forward to the video. Of course, uh, hello, Saints. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. Have you ever, uh, you know, uh, trickled your way into some of the other things like doing, um, you know, something like a, another faith or is this the focus or, or are there other things that maybe you're like, well, when this gets done, we might do wedding videos. <laughs> So yeah, I'm actually in that mode right now. I'm, I'm thinking about that pretty, pretty, uh, a pretty focused state of mind at the moment, just because, um, you know, there's only so many times pastors first time can happen as I'm mm -hmm. doing these explorations. And that being said, I'm not going to stop doing hello saints. There, sure. There's so much to talk about. 
um, the conversation, I'm going to keep the conversation going, but I have started to think about if this is so meaningful to so many people, what, what could it look like, uh, if applied differently, specifically (laughs) the fighting criticism with curiosity. And I've kicked around ideas, a few, yeah, obviously looking at other faiths. Um, Mm -hmm. one that would be most natural to me would be hello Catholics because I grew up in a highly Catholic area and I've got family. My wife has family that are devout Catholics. Um, but I don't know. The answer is maybe, mm-hmm. um, but I'm also thinking about it. Are there ways that I can use this as sort of a case study to put together even online courses or something like that on how we can maneuver through difficult conversations with, with kindness and charity, um, even when it gets difficult. So I, I've kicked around a few ideas on how sort of the secret sauce of, as I've been putting it, the emotionally healthy and careful um, approach of fighting criticism with curiosity can, can be applied differently. Uh, a book. Are we I'd love a to. book. Yeah. If anybody wants to, yeah, give me an advance. I'll write it. Yeah. Done. <laughs> You're yeah. like, go ahead, pay me up front. We're on that book. Yep. Uh, you w- when you talk about bringing your wife in, certainly in the videos, uh, you have the four kids. How much of this, um, like being able to, you know, uh, fight criticism with curiosity and that kind of stuff. How much of that conversation is had with your children and how do you navigate it? Regularly. And it's, it's an ongoing thing. Um, and, and the way we, we navigate that is, um, by making sure that our kids feel safe to, um, question that's, that's really huge in our culture, specifically Mm -hmm. in the evangelical world. Um, I, I would tell people in my church, like, if you really want to know what you believe, go to like anti-evangelical, anti-Christian sites and see what people are saying. Mm-hmm. I would tell people, go to go to this Muslim apologetics message board and see what Muslims say about Protestants. Like, it's safe for you to face um, things that you're not comfortable with, you're not sure about. And to wrestle with it. I mean, Jacob, his very name, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was changed to Israel, which means wrestles with God. The, his chosen people are given the name wrestles with God mm-hmm. because he is okay with us wrestling with things. So the way we handle this with our kids is we say, listen, life is never in straight lines. It's always messy. And yet there is truth mm-hmm. and there, there can be a confidence but you're going to have to get there. You're going to have to maneuver through a lot in your life to get there. So we just try to provide a safe space for them to ask questions. And they are never, ever shamed for asking questions. We 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 try to apply that same, it's it's safe to be curious here. Mm-hmm. Let's try to work on this together. So that we, that's the approach that we try to take with them. I think it's a valuable lesson, especially as you know, the foundations of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was based on, uh, I don't know, let me, yeah. let me go and ask, you know, yeah. and, and somehow in some ways, some folks have sort of removed us from don't ask questions, hmm. Do, you know, ask them in this way or ask them of these people. Don't just randomly ask questions or ask God to answer your questions. There's, hmm. a, it's a, it's a frustrating point and I'll share it as my frustration, not yours. So you don't get crucified as far as that goes, <laughs> uh, that, that it's a thing where it's like, listen, if, if. You know, if truth is truth, then if I question it, then truth will still be truth. If I'm reading something and I go, huh, I don't know about that. Truth is still truth. It's not that, you know, this false thing morphs into truth and then quickly. Yeah, it's all those things. Truth is truth is truth is truth. 
And then we say things like, but my truth, Pastor Jeff. Mm. And we were able to negate whatever. Uh, I have a question, uh, one that we ask everyone who steps into the cultural hall. And I'll ask that question of you right now. Uh, Interpret it however you will. But the question remains, what is your favorite part of your faith? Oh, that's a great question. Thanks for asking that. And I will I will answer it without getting emotional because that's not this that's not the type of conversation we're having right now. But we're talking about deeply meaningful things. Um, the most important thing about my faith is what I was referring to a minute ago, that I believe that we serve a God who enters into the mess with us. He doesn't expect or require perfection, but he became sin who knew no sin so that we might become his righteousness is what the scriptures say, which means there's an exchange. We serve a God that's willing to give us an exchange. He'll enter into the mess to bring us to a place of um, healing, restoration, redemption. And the the favorite part of, of my faith is specifically in the evangelical Protestant world is our focus on God's grace that um, it's, it's God's riches at Christ's expense. He paid the price. He entered into the mess. He entered into the darkness and the sin. John chapter three, you know, he entered into the, the darkness and the, the darkness hated him, um, but he's bringing light. Right. Um, and, and as a result, um, we don't have to earn it. Um, he's the one that took the initiative and took that step. So his, his gracious sort of lavishing of his love, as Paul says it, lavishing of his grace and his mercy on us in the midst of our mess and our brokenness is, is the most beautiful thing to me in my faith. Because what that means then is that I can just rest in the fact, not get complacent, but accept the fact that I am still broken and I'm still messy and I'm going to need his grace on an ongoing basis. And he's there for it. Um, he is the, he is the father of the prodigal son running. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he's not saying, well, you took, you took everything I gave you. You took your inheritance and you squandered it. So you're going to have to earn that back. Nope. He left that with the hogs. He said, I'm going to give you my robe. I'm going to give you my ring. We're going to throw a party. That's God's grace. And knowing that, like, that's my hope in this life. And that's my hope in what I have to look forward to. That's the type of God that I serve is a God that's so gracious and loving. So I, that that's where I exist, man, in need of his grace. Uh, one question that sort of came to my mind as you were talking that I uh, maybe we ended on. Um, there are those that are religious who um, would say, but, but it is our job. If we feel like we have the truth, and this can be any particular thing, I'm not saying, you know, evangelical or Mormonism or whatever, right? But if I allow you to think the thing that you're doing is the thing that you should be doing, and I don't share the thing that I know and tell you, this is how it's different, or this is how it's wrong, or this is what you need to do, then, you know, there's some sort of thing on me. Those people that feel compelled to think that way, what what would you say to them? Um, I would say to them, I, I get where you're coming from, and we should have a level of urgency to help others see the truth. But at the end of the day, we can't convince anyone. No one convinced you. You had to get there yourself, okay? Mm-hmm. So the best thing we can do is be a herald for what we believe to be true, and to have the conversation and to leave it in the Lord's hands. Uh, in the in the meantime, in the process, and this is a sermon I'm preaching on Sunday, and since this might air after I preach a sermon and no one listening to this will probably go and listen to that sermon, I'll just tell you that the point of that sermon is this. Whenever we're engaging in conversations with people on faith and religion and people that might not agree with us, 
you can try to make as many points as you want, but if you miss the person, you miss the point. Jesus came for the people. He came not to condemn, but to save. It's for God so loved the world. He loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever believed in him would have eternal life, right? So um, we have to be careful about being more concerned with winning an argument than winning the person. We have to be careful about being more concerned about walking away satisfied that I've made my points all the while missing the person. So I think that it's just really important that we honor and give reverence to the individuals that we're speaking to. And I get, I hear the response right now of people saying, yeah, but if you really love them, then you're really going to hit them with the truth. Listen, in some cases that might be true, but in most cases, I think people are, are more interested in just connecting on that relational level of a, a humane, respectable conversation and then leaving it with me to like process through that and make the decisions I need to make. And, and we need to have peace there. Yeah. Pastor Jeff, you can find Hello Saints. It's over there on YouTube. There'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, someone get get that man in advance on a book. Let's get a book <laughs> for crying out loud. And uh, hello, Catholics, I'm here for it. I want to be one of the early investors, whatever we need, whatever you need. I've got, I've got uh, dollars. I don't have much more. It's not tens of dollars, but singular dollars to be able to add to the cause. Um, Pastor Jeff, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week. And then when the time comes, you will be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the Cultural Hall show.